Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Bronike, and today I'm joined with Tadashi, who's a hip-hop artist. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first time listening to the Guys Like Us podcast, you're in for a treat. I'm speaking with Tadashi, who's a hip-hop artist with Reach Records. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. It's great to have you tuning back into the show. I'm glad that you've found this podcast of value, and I hope that this conversation can brighten your day uh, and keep you strong and and encouraged in your faith walk. Today's conversation with Tadashi, we chat about his background and childhood growing up in Texas, um, when he became Christian and got into music and how that passion developed uh, over the years, going into some of his earlier albums, but then transitioning into his latest album where he is right now, Never Fold which released in March. This podcast was was recorded in April and he was on tour. So we catch him in a very interesting time um, it, with this album uh, coming off of a lot of emotional pain uh, through anxiety and depression um, and just seeing uh, all of his journey really unfold um, in this album. I'm very excited. I'm going to leave it at that for now. Uh, we talk about a whole lot more, but I'll tune it on over to the conversation with Tadashi. Tadashi, thanks so much for joining me and the Guys Like Us podcast today. Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it, bro. No doubt. Um, so you're you're on tour right now. You're um, you're I'm sure you're sprinting between uh, between shows. Um, but congratulations on your your latest album, Never Full. How has the man. how has the album been received since its, its release and, and now being on tour? Yeah, man. Thank you for uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. And you know, no lie, it's been a crazy mad dash between every show. <laughs> yeah. like we were in uh, we were in Orlando last night, and we're in um, we're in Miami tonight. So it's just been running back and forth between cities, trying to get life in order. Yeah. Um, but it's been amazing. And one of the coolest things has been. Um, being on tour while I have a new album out. I released mm-hmm. a new album three weeks ago, and uh, the response has been above and beyond anything I could have imagined, man. It's been amazing. Wow, that's fantastic. So I, so it sounds like you're uh, on tour right now with some other members of the group. How has it been uh, kind of walking alongside these guys and, and being on tour with several other, uh, other people as well? Yeah, man, it's been great. You know, we're on the road with every single artist that's on the roster um okay so you know the new guys like few and 1k few and, and one of rg are on the road with us but then also we have um you know the veterans on the tour like uh triple and lecrae and then mm-hmm. andy katie's here gabby so it's just been so one of those moments of where you say man this is a unique and rare opportunity mm-hmm. just because it's hard because of life and schedule and work and busyness it's hard to get everybody you know, on the same page at the same time to do something like this. Uh, so when it does happen, it's rare and it's very special. But yeah. to add to that, the fact that I have a new album out and uh, mm-hmm. it's called Never Fold, and the fact that 
I can come on the road and do do songs from Neverfold, and people know them already, and people are excited to hear them. And mm-hmm. The other artists are really excited about it, so it just it adds so much to it, man. So I'm excited to be out here with everybody. Yes. Um, so I, I know perseverance has been a word, and just uh, uh, that's been echoing in your uh, in your head, and just an emphasis point in your life right now. What what has been going on in in your walk that sparked this album? That is uh, after listening to the album, it, it's filled with a lot of energy and emotion. So I'm sure that there's a lot of inspiration that went on behind it. No, for sure, for sure. So um, after so much. After going through so much in my life of um, loss and pain and suffering, man, I just hit this. I hit this this place where I said, you know what? Um, I, that's it. I quit. I can't do this. Um, it was one of the darkest and loneliest and hardest places I'd ever been in my life, man. And I said, no, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. It's it's too much. Whether that's um, keep living or if that was to keep keep living for God or just mm. keep going. I just, it's like, I'm done. I want to be someone else. I want to be someone new or I just don't want to be. And, mm. and I, I didn't know how to figure out how to be someone else. And, um, and in the moments where, um, I, I started dealing with thoughts of just not being here anymore in this mm. world, um, God would show up and send someone in, in the phys- physically, like someone would show up at my house or someone would call and then come over. And it just, it, it, it was enough for me to go, well, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And literally, man, just in prayer and talking with people, the common theme was keep going. Like, keep going. And I was like, why, though? I don't understand why. And, and really, because of what you're going through sometimes, life can look very final. Um, and it causes you to have delusional ideas of what final really means. Um, but if God is really in control, if God is really the author and finisher of my faith, if God is really the one who um, holds life and death in the palm of his hand, and, um, and he says that he would never leave me nor forsake me, nor uh, would, would anyone be able to pluck me out of his hand, then I'm, I'm going to have to see that even in the midst of what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so with with really faith i just stepped out and said okay let's keep going mm. and this album was birthed out of that battle bro that real life battle of i guess i'm gonna keep going let's keep mm. going and the more i moved forward the more i started to see the seasons changed or the terrain was different and everything around me started to look different and i was like oh there was there was a little more peace just down the line i just see i couldn't see it but because I couldn't see it, I thought I should just give up. Um, and so that's where Never Fold came from, mm-hmm. this idea of biblical perseverance, the yeah. idea of continued, continuing to walk, mm-hmm. continuing to press forward, continuing to say, no matter what, I'm going to be tenacious, I'm going to be persistent, I'm going to give all the effort required of me to keep doing this thing until the very end. And the very end meaning what God says is the end, not me. Wow, that's incredible. And I know this album, um, I, I, some have mentioned that this is one of your best albums, if not your best album too. Um, so seeing the, the, the fruit um, that's, being, uh, that's being seen through this album and, um, it, it is amazing. But one thing I wanted to mention on too in, in, your, in your walk, and I don't want to speak for you, but 
Um, I know that you you know battling depression, <laughs> battling depression on stage, as you mentioned in one of your songs. Yeah. And it's like you're in this limelight, you're in the spotlight, and everything should be feeling good, right? You should have this like high energy. You should be you should be feeling like this this is what this is what I this is what it's built up for. This is the climax, right? But then having these feelings of like low, it's like okay, then like what? Why am I doing this? Like what's what's like what's going on? If I should be happy right now, in this such a great this great this great moment, but it's the antithesis of how I should be feeling. Yeah, I mean. So I I, I I can only imagine how how it is having these expectations. How have you been able to balance these expectations that are uh, especially as an artist and. Um, you know, when, when you produce something or you, at, when the time comes to, to put something out, it has to be, uh, at this level of what, what people expect or kind of what, what you feel is, is good. Yeah. So literally, <laughs> you, I, I think you spoke to every artist struggle at some point, but, uh, <laughs> for me, for me, literally, um, I'm going through this idea. I'm battling depression. I'm trying to overcome it in a spiritual sense. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my old pastor in Texas that has battled depression for years and he basically uh, did it without medication. And so I, I knew it could be done. So I, I stopped, I stopped doing it. And I don't know shade on medication. Yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to try his method because I knew him and, I, and he was a personal friend. Yeah. So I wanted to try his method. So I, I, I started to pursue mental health in that regard. And, and, and as I started to work on music, I can feel the weight again and the heaviness again mentally, the anguish of, of questioning myself, doubting myself, yeah. struggling with seeing myself the way I should. And as I started to make music, everything comes from a real place for me. As an artist, every every song, every album comes from a real place in my life. Even if it's just a fun song like Dum Dum, it, it still came from a real place. Mm-hmm. And so um, in that I go, okay, here I am having to come in and produce something that will be a win for everybody. How do I do that? Um, because I'm thinking of myself, I'm thinking of the label, I'm thinking of the listener, and I'm going, I need to make sure this is a win so when people hear it, it impacts their life and not just um, not just says, oh, here's a new song. That was heavy, bro, that was hard. And, and, and really, it started with me because I have that, I, I have that standard for myself. Even before the label comes in with their critiques or their encouragement, even before uh, listeners have comments in the comment section or reviews to do, I, I still do that for myself. And I'm like, okay, this has to be excellent. It has to be the best that I can offer for where I am. And and that was what I was fighting for. So the wrestle of battling depression and fighting against um, days of just feeling down and low and then fighting to make music what ended up happening was i wanted to make music that would change the mood in the room mm-hmm. and so never fold every song is strategically done in my own in my own efforts to change the mood in the room when you hear a song comes on come on it's so different than the next that it changes the mood instantly. Mm-hmm. so uh, someone may play smile off the album and it literally makes them want to smile or at least makes it it, it adds a little a little it pushes you a little closer towards joy but then you listen to a song like home featuring crowder and you go yo this is putting me in a different mood now yeah and i wanted i wanted every song 
to do that. Gotta Live, uh, the, the top single we did with Jordan Feliz, or even God Flex with Trick Lee. Like, every song needs to change the mood. Um, out on tour, out on tour, I get to do um, the song Get Out My Way with Lecrae, mm -hmm. and it, trust me, the mood changes in the room, bro. It mm -hmm. is phenomenal to see God do it, but but I've had so many people say that to me. They're like, yo, every time I listen to your album, I go through this, these different emotions, but I end up in a place of hope. And I go, God, you did it. I didn't, I, that, was yeah. the, that was the plan, that was the desire, but God, you did it. Yeah. So bro, trust me, you, what you said speaks to every artist's desire to say, man, how do I, how do, I do something that'll make an impact, but, but, but that will win for everybody. It's, right. it's hard to do, but God was gracious, bro. Amen. Yes, um, it, it, it's almost like these, just, these different deliverances in each of your songs. It's like from, it's from like despair to hope. It's from yep. lo like loneliness to to like to family to comfort right yeah. to home. It's from you know whatever that might be and, and getting to the other side of it. Um, and, and as you said, and the emotions that come from one end to the other. So um, that that's fantastic. So I, some of the listeners are familiar with your music. Um, some may not be as familiar with your music or, or who you are. Would you mind sharing a bit more into your? Um, into your background and when you first got involved into music and what your childhood was like uh, in, in yeah. Texas. Yeah, so I grew up in, um, in, a, in a small town in East Texas and then eventually moved to the big city of Houston, Texas because uh, it was only like an hour away. And um, in that moment, saw myself uh, as, a, as a creative, right? So I grew up with my mom, I had a stepdad for a little while, uh, I have a little sister, um, and we just kind of grew up in, you know, very humble beginnings. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, I, and I, it wasn't this, it wasn't a very spiritual climate, but my mom was religious. So we would go to church from time to time. Church was a part of my life here and there, but, um, it wasn't until I left and went off to college. I got to go to this really small school in Texas. Some people may have heard of it, um, called Baylor University. And, mm -hmm. um, I got to go to Baylor and that's where, um, I heard the gospel. That's where I became a Christian. Um, that's where Jesus turned this heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Mm. And and I, I heard the idea of what it meant to really be born again. And a guy started walking with me in a brotherhood slash uh, discipleship type way. And I began to grow in my faith. And as I grew, I, I wanted to tell other people. I wanted to communicate this thing. I believed I was already born to be a communicator. Um, so my major was communications. I was doing public speaking, I was in public debates, I did tons of open mic sessions, like it just, it was in me to be a communicator. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went into the ministry and I started doing ministry. Um, first, uh, junior high and high school, then eventually college ministry, and college was where I was burdened to be because that's why I became a Christian. So to see mm -hmm. this age group be one for the Lord was a part of my life, um, and I was burdened for it. So I started to pursue that, and eventually, um, music came into the into the picture. Now, now I was always musically inclined. Like my mom used to sing when I was little in various places, and um, I grew up playing in the band, and I grew up around musicians. So music was a part of my life. I didn't think it would be what I would do though, hmm. um, because in Texas um, everybody plays football, and so that was my dream was to play football. I played football in high school, played in college a little bit. I got injured, and as soon as I got injured. Um, in my days of rehab and rest up, I, I started doing music, just in my room, making up songs right there on the spot, rapping. And people would always say, you should write some of these down. 
Well, when I became a Christian, my spiritual father said, why don't you write some of these down and talk about God? Um, and I, I must admit, that was the that was the best laugh of my life. I laughed so hard in a sense. I was like, write raps for God, bro. No, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I was like, I, nobody does that. I'm not finna, that's social suicide. I'm not doing that. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to be able to go out on campus and people actually like me. And and you don't get a girlfriend rapping about God, so I'm good. Um, but after two weeks, two or three weeks of him, you know, walking with me and really kind of encouraging me just to let everything that I do be unto the glory of the Lord, I started to I started to feel this this tug to make up a rhyme about God. So I did it. I just started rapping. I wrote a rap for Jesus. It was the weirdest worst song ever created it was not good at all and then um the reason i know that is because he got me to do it on a talent show on campus um where i ended up getting seventh place out of eight people um so i didn't get last place but i might as well have so <laughs> it, was, it was one of those moments where i was yeah. like oh cool this is this is something i'll never do again um <laughs> pretty humbling <laughs> pretty humbling but, but right pretty humbling bro but but what happened was so many people on campus who were there heard what I said and saw me do it and they began to call me oh that's the Christian dude that's the Christian guy and and, and what it did it brought distinction that moment gave me a level of distinction on campus and I began to get people coming up asking me questions about my faith about how to live, live as a Christian in college how what am I supposed to do with my girlfriend like, how am I supposed to engage going out like all this stuff started happening yeah. And I was like, music, music brought this distinction. So fast forward a few years when I meet McCray and we're all in college together um, and show Baraka. I, I, when we started doing music together, it really was like organic because I wanted to reach college students. So it made sense to make music. But like on my very, very first album, there's a line where I say, I'm in college now trying to walk this out because it was, it was legitimately me wanting to tell college students, hey, God wants you to love him now, mm. not later, but now. And he will empower you to do it. Um, and so that's kind of where it all birthed from. And then, bro, legitimately, fast forwarding to where I am now, on tour in the city of Miami, which I had never, I had never left Texas before. So on, on tour in the city of Miami with some of my best friends in life, doing something that I love, I'm like, God, you're not, you're, you're not just good, you're amazing, right? So... To see this go full circle has been wow. phenomenal. I'm, I'm just honored to be a part of it. Wow. That's an, well, it's an incredible journey. And uh, it's, it, it's, I'm sure part of you, it's just getting started in some in some capacities. Um, yes, yes. Um, what, what, yeah, it's, what, what you had mentioned is like you're almost, you're labeled, right, as the, as the Christian rapper. Um, and I think especially maybe 10 or so years ago, uh, or, from my perspective, one when Reach Records and One One Six was just getting going, it was like it. It seems like it was almost breaking into like a new type of genre, something that really wasn't explored to the to the to the place. I think where it is now, where it's there's people that uh, and obviously with the the recent collaborations that um, with with uh, you know secular artists or, or other people that are that are that are connecting with this music that aren't Christian. Um, or, uh, or people that, you know, that are, that aren't, that wouldn't necessarily find this music appealing are starting to, to be, Hey, like I'm, this is like this, this beat, this, 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 this music, this connects with me in some, some form. How have you been? And I know I'm sure that's been a, 
kind of a struggle with you of relating to evangelical Christians, but also relating to people who are not. How how have you kind of ironed out this throughout your time, and kind of how is that being t- discussed with uh, with with your group? Yeah, man. I think oftentimes we want to um, make sure that our music is in front of not just new listeners, but listeners that don't necessarily come from the worlds that we come from. Yeah. Right. So, so when I first started doing music, when I first started uh, rapping, I was in a lot of inner city churches. Mm. Um, I was in a lot of, of urban environments, um, and for most people, that would be that would be minority cultures, mm. black culture, Hispanic culture. Um, and, and I found myself in these places and that was just because it was naturally who I was and, and the, eventually the push was to go beyond what's natural to me to something that's not as common and pretty soon the music started to expand and instead of being in Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, now I'm in, um, you know, Houston First Baptist and you're like, oh, this is a different crowd, mm-hmm. way different environment. And then the push came more to say, man, well, I want my music now, not just other believers, but to be in front of non-believers. Because mm-hmm. um, though church is a place where people who don't know God should be coming, oftentimes it's really just a bunch of us who are on the same team right. coming together for a pet rally. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to get outside of the pet rally. Where can I go? So we started going and venturing outside of that. And what, like what you said, what happened was people who may not necessarily identify, self-identify with what we believe, and some that do but don't understand it fully mm. wanted to wanted to engage us. And so we said, if there's a way to have a public dialogue, not necessarily authoritatively, but a public dialogue where we can discuss some of the things that we're dealing with in life with someone else who mm. the world knows and then needs to see them in a different light, perhaps, let's do that. And so the goal has always been to get before non-believers, and the goal has always been to get into dialogues with people where it would be a benefit to all. Mm-hmm. So I treat the I treat the music like it's Mars Hill, um Areopagus, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I treat it like it's um I treat it like it's an open forum. Mm-hmm. I treat it like it's a, a, a public discussion, um more so than I do just a pulpit. Um I think if we get into the if we get into the laboring of making it solely a pulpit um, then mm-hmm. it, it, it's already being removed from the place of music and artistry and it's kind of being put into a different space. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, um, what we've said is, well, what I've said and what people have agreed with is like, I'm, I'm wanting to be boldly, unashamedly um, admitted that I'm a, I'm a Christian, that I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. However, um, I say that not from behind the pulpit, but from behind the microphone mm-hmm. on stage. And that opens up the door for so many other relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so you've you've uh, produced a handful of albums now uh, over the yeah. uh, over the years. Is there is there a song or two that it was uh, that's been your favorite to produce? Just kind of looking at everything that you've uh, that you've been part of. Um, I would say song wise, um, there's a few. There's a few. Um, so. Dum Dum is one mm-hmm. um, off of my 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 Black Light album. Dum Dum is a song that I did at, at a time where the label was really trying to get me. The label has always been been open to let us be free as artists mm-hmm. and create what we want to create. Um, but but from the previous album, 
I had a particular sound, and they were excited to see more of that, and I was not. I was like, no, it's not, it's not where I am anymore. It's not where I am. I'm it's time to move on. So Dum Dum departed from my typical southern hard-hitting sound to more of a West Coast hip-hop, West Coast hip-hop sound, light, playful, um, dance-type music. And they were like, what are you doing? And so I was like, I got to do it. And so they supported it, and they put it out. And to this day, it's the biggest song I've ever done. Wow. And so it, it just was a confirmation for me of like, no, I'm burning to do different sounds yeah. all the time, and I'm going to do them. I just need to do them. Yeah. Um, and so Dum Dum is one for sure, uh, for, for several different reasons, as I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, new song recently, uh, man, the song Home featuring David Crowder, like that's, that's currently, that's probably my favorite song from the album. Yeah. Um, the, the story behind Home is that it's it's all centered around the idea of the prodigal son, um, but it's the story of the prodigal son. It's a it's a, an artistic licensing of the story, dealing with what he may have been feeling before he decides to go home. Um, mm-hmm. the, the moments leading up to right before he decides to go home, and and the idea of where we've all been before, right? Like by God's grace, being able to do ministry for years, I experienced so many moments where people. Were, were they were in secret sin or they were in public sin but dealing with it in, 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 in horrible ways behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to cope, they're just trying to overcome, they're trying to hang on, right? They believe in God but they're, they're struggling, they're just trying to hang on. And it's like, okay, I, I don't know what else to do. I have been broken. And in that place of brokenness, we either respond with immense, immense humility and then contrition to go back, or we respond in pride, and we become very, very, very haughty, mm-hmm. and our and our heart turns hard. And for the prodigal son, by God's grace, he had an epiphany that led to, to the softening of his heart. What what the epiphany was was his situation and how bad it was, and recognizing what a fool, right? Like I should have just stayed at home with my dad. This was way better. Even the servants had it better in my dad's house than I do right now. He didn't necessarily have this grand moment of repentance. What he had was a, a huge amount of ideas that led to a, a moment of humility. Repentance came when dad was at the end of the road waiting on him. And when he greeted him, he met him with grace and love. And the book of Romans mm-hmm. says that, that, that his goodness, God's goodness leads us to repentance. The father's goodness in that story led him to be a part of the family again. It led to repentance. And so the, the song was really geared around the idea of brokenness and, hum, and humility right before going back home and what that looks like. And I just imagine for my own life um, what that looks like for real and how I'm, I'm one prone in a heartbeat, man, to just say, hey, you know what, I, 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 will, I will respond in pride. Who cares, right? This is my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. And God graciously shows up and says, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, I'm still here. Um, and so we've all been in those places. What, like in, in, in a, part of the song, a part of the song, I say, um, um, asking myself what I've done, um, I blew it all having fun, feeling trapped like my brother, my freedom, it costs everyone. Got a debt that I can't pay. Deserve that is what they say. But God will take what I can't take. And God will hear what I can't say. Um, 
and and it's it's that place of realizing, okay, I messed up. I I know I messed up, and 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 I want to do something about it. But the first step is to deal with my own self, and God shows up mm-hmm. in those moments. And so, bro, Psalm thirty four fourteen says to seek peace and pursue it. And so I feel like that song is just about okay, where was life most peaceful? It was back at home. It's where it was. I gotta go back. And that's the hardest thing to do sometimes is to go back, man. It's like when I played football in college, I got injured um, and I lost my scholarship and I had to go back home. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments to go, hey, big college guy, look at you. Didn't work out, huh? And everybody's got comments and critiques and judgments. And here I am feeling embarrassed and frustrated. But it was the smartest thing to do was to go back home versus trying to pretend for somebody and just building this huge amount of college of debt and loans or whatever mm-hmm. else to make somebody to prove a point. I was like, no, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna get my. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to junior college. I'm gonna rehab my back. I'm gonna rehab my leg, and I'm gonna go get my degree. And that's what I did. And the Lord was gracious. So wow. yeah, bro. Yeah, wow. And it, and it's. <laughs> I think that that's funny. And the last point you mentioned is like, it it can be for some for some self included like a pride thing. Like, hey, if I have to, I have to go back home physically. Um, to you know my family's house or, or like move away from this this dream that I was pursuing that might be leading me down a path that is not not in the will of God like it's uh, it's it, it can it can be frustrating having to having to, to kind of let part of yourself go in order to yeah. to pursue something greater um, and that tension can be it's like this it is this kind of the slow the slow dying of who you are or who you thought you were to uh to almost this new this new image this new life that you can pursue um but it's this and as you said it it sounds like it's this it's the the prodigal it's like this this unmatching acceptance that leads to the understanding of repentance right it's this absolute grace giving where you where you see this 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 love that cannot be found anywhere else or from from anywhere else so it's through that place that I think that repentance comes, as 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 you mentioned. Um, You're right, bro. What um just to to wrap up what uh, so I know you had spoke on being with um, a one one six for for quite some time now. What has this community of and just this um, this this family uh, I guess brought to you brought to to the other members. As you've you've grown together, and, and I'm sure they're with you in the the highest highs and the lowest lows. Yeah, man. I think the first thing is is just family, oh. um, just family, man. And there's been tons of people involved in that, like you know, starting out with myself and Lafrey, and and Shobaraka, who's still a great dear brother and friend of mine. And then you, you fast forward, and we get Trick Lee, um, who's still with us on the label, um, and then move forward a little more. And then Derek Miner comes into the picture, and he's still a brother and a friend to this day. Um, and he just dropped a new album with the, with the with Reflection Music Group. RMG dropped this compilation, and all of them are killing it, so we're supporting that. Mm-hmm. But then moving forward, you know, you start to realize like, okay, well, he's doing his own thing, and God just keeps bringing more brothers like KB, and then Andy, um, then Gavi, and you know, Ah uh, for a moment, and then he's still a good brother and friend. We did a show in New Orleans, and he came out and hung out with us and showed love. And then you move forward from there, you get few and RG, and then you go a little bit further. And now um, all of us have, have like a, a, a sister 
and uh, the newest member of the label, um, Wanda, who signed um, and was announced last night. It's like so many different moments of just family man being added to the picture, to the story. So over the years, whether it's been um, with getting married or having kids or dealing with um, loss and suffering, mm-hmm. even just even just trying to pursue what it looks like to have you know uh, mental health. There's just this idea of where these are brothers walking with me in this, man. So that's been the biggest thing. And then beyond that, man, I, no lie, like I don't, I don't know what other people thought, but when I when I signed with the label, I I just was like, oh, I'll do this for a couple of years, and then I'll go get a job working on staff at the church I was at. It'll be cool. And that was that was over ten years ago. And so I'm like, God, you had a plan. I'm just yeah. gonna ride away right. and trust you, God. That's all I can do. So um, in that man, God has brought so much more than I ever could have realized. Absolutely. Um, and then just just I would love to hear a final word of encouragement or advice uh, for our listeners who have tuned in and, and and stayed through this podcast. Yeah, yeah. So listen, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I don't take it lightly or count it lightly for um, anyone to give me an opportunity to share my story and, and to hear my voice, man. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and, and even for people staying on listening, like, that's huge. And so I'm, I want to encourage people. But what God's been dealing with me recently has really been this idea of, of, of his goodness, right? So I grew up hearing all the time, God is good. And uh, even, the, even the, the slogan that they used to do, like, the, the, the little, like, Phrase God is good, and then someone would say all the time, and yeah. then some, that, that person would say all the time, right. and someone would say God is good, yeah. Yeah. right? And we've heard this, yeah. and so it, it became it became such a common thing that the 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 over saturation of it somehow made it lose excitement, lose validity. It's it's like oh yeah, well I've been there, done that, um, and and so you kind of just forget that reality, but in in, in recent years, God's been reaffirming and reestablishing for me this idea that he is good, right? That that God is good even when life is not. That's been my, mm-hmm. my phrase for everybody in this season. God is good mm-hmm. even when life is not. Because uh, and before I go on stage, I try to read Psalm 145 before every show. Um, because it's just a great psalm to recalibrate my heart that these are God's people. And then we're, to, we're here to tell truth to one another. But one of the things that it says in the psalm is it talks about God's goodness, right? Um, it talks about his goodness and, and the fact that that goodness is something that will be what is used to, in fact, change the world. There's this, this is reality when it comes to God's goodness. We said it earlier. His goodness leads to repentance. And so with that being the case, I wanted to encourage people to recognize that God is good even when life is not. Like even when the world seems like it's against you, even when everything seems like it's falling apart, or even when things are going great and God is not even the first thought you had, he's still good in those moments. The Bible says in Psalm 145 too that the Lord is compassionate, that he's merciful, and that he, he is patient and he demonstrates great love, right? He's, and, then, and then he gets into the idea that God is good to all and his compassion has made everything. And so I recognize no matter what I'm going through, I just need to look up, look around me and see those that are in my life 
or see the breath even that I'm breathing in my lungs involuntarily right now and let that be something that tells me of God's goodness. Um, and so that's why I mentioned earlier, life can kind of rob you of the potency of certain things that we say because we may say them all the time, but in reality, no matter how many times you say them, it doesn't make them less true. It should reaffirm for you over and over the validity that God is good. Um, and so I just want people to know that because it, it was literally one of the hardest things that I could believe in my life after losing so many people. Um, so many people passing away from sickness and, and other things. And I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, God, you can't, this is not good. Why is this good? It can't be good. And, and having to wrestle with letting God be the authority on who he says he is. Um, and that's one of the hardest things we can do, but it's, it's one of the most beneficial things we can do. God is good, man. All the time. Um, uh, Tadashi, thanks for, uh, it's been a joy having you on today and hearing more of your story. So thank you yeah, for, for uh, spending some time while you're on tour and um, hope that listeners can uh, can tune into your music and, and just follow you uh, as well. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, bro. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you.